You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. God calls us to go and make disciples of all nations. Learn more in this message by Pastor Wayne Alcorn. Good morning! Good morning! Pastor Ariel, that is the worst Australian accent I have ever heard. This is my first visit to Manila in 35 years. But I feel like I'm in Manila every Sunday because I've got hundreds of Filipinos in my church. And they say, hello, Pastor Wayne. They don't say, good night. Thank you for having me here. I was, I was told that I was going to Victory Fort. But they said, no, we've got something so much better for you. Uh, just saying, I'm not getting involved in anything. But I do bring you greetings from Hope Center, my wife, Lynn, uh, my wife of, of now 33 years, wonderful lady, was going to be with me, but that wasn't possible this time. In fact, I was supposed to be in the Every Nation Conference in Europe right now. And I got a phone call from my friend, Pastor Steve Murrell, and he said, no, we need a young man to go and do the campus conference. <laughs> but we couldn't find one, Wayne, so we're going to send you... And uh, it's just wonderful to be here. So thank you to all of your leadership. And I do bring you greetings. God is, is doing a great thing in Australia. But uh, I am overwhelmed at God's goodness and his favor upon this ministry. And it's just a wonderful thing to be here finishing your series. What a responsibility. Like, if I ruin this, there's not even another week next week to fix it up. So I feel an incredible responsibility. And uh, I didn't have to even pray about what I was to preach about today. They said, preach on Romans 15, verse 14 to 21. And I said, good day, mate, no problems. (laughs) So we're going to open our Bibles to that. Would you come with me? Romans 15, verse 14 to 21. It says, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers. Girls, do you know that includes you? Are you okay with that? Okay, so many times when the Bible says brothers, it, mean, it, it includes sisters. Okay, so we're all okay with that. Listen, us guys have got to be part of the bride of Christ, so you just be the brothers as well. <laughs> that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. But on some points, I've written to you very boldly by way of reminder Because of the grace. Say grace. Grace Grace given me by God. To be a minister. Say minister. These are big words. Of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God. So that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in Christ Jesus, I then, I reason. To be proud of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed. By the what? Power of signs and wonders. By the power of the Spirit of God. So that from Jerusalem and all the way around Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ Jesus. And thus I make... 
it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. And the last verse, but as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. Lord, I ask you to help us. As we just look at these few verses today, I ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. Help us to hear, help us to understand, and give us the strength and grace to live this, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Are you okay with my Australian English? Yes. Okay. Because I don't speak English, I actually do speak Australian, which is slightly different. Doesn't quite sound like what Pastor Ariel thinks it sounds like, but I, um, I, I was speaking at a conference about, I guess it was seven or eight years ago now, and I heard a man called Steve Murrell speak. He was speaking, I was going next, and I was listening to him and I thought, here's a man who I actually so connect with. He and I are saying the same things, and we got together over a coffee and over these last few years, it's just been a joy to be able to, to share and do conferences together, to be able to minister to some small degree into this great movement and now to see what God is doing. I'm very, very excited. And I'm particularly excited about being able to open these few verses with you. Paul makes three clear statements. Let me summarize this as simply as I can about what Paul is saying in those few verses that we read. Number one, he said, I have been what? Chosen. Number two, he says, I have a message. And number three, he says, that message is wonderful. I go even further. It's not only wonderful, it's powerful. So let's talk about those three things that I think Paul is saying in this wonderful passage of his word. He said, I have been chosen. I, I love a good movie. How many love a good movie? Really good movies. Not junk ones, but good movies. And, and, and I've been moved and I've been motivated by some of the great movies that Hollywood's made over the years. And I'm not sure there's ever been a more powerful movie than Toy Story 1. There's some great lines in there, Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear is a Christian. He's always talking about infinity, which is eternity by any other name. And, and there are all these great little characters, but there's one scene in there that I particularly like. It's that arcade game where that big claw comes down and grabs that little toy. And the big claw comes down, and as it grabs one and is lifted heavenly, this voice says, You've been chosen. There are days I feel like one of those little toys. This wasn't my idea. I had other plans for my life. But the hand of God came upon me and I've been chosen. <laughs> Jesus put it this way in John 15, 16. He said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And he says, and I ordained you and I set you apart to bear fruit. I like how he says this, I, to bear fruit, much fruit, fruit that remains. See, the call of God is not my idea, it's his idea. I've been called, just like you've been called, to serve him. 
And the one who called me has positioned me on his team to get the message out to a certain group of people that I specifically can reach better than most others. I remember being chosen when we were at school for the football team. You know, they'd always pick the really big, tall, strong guys first. And then they'd pick the little ones later. And we'd all, they'd say, you go there and you go there and you go there. And it was a wonderful thing to hear your name. Wayne Alcorn, yes, you've been chosen. And you step up and say, we want you there. No problem. You know the one who chose us to serve him in his kingdom? He's wanting your attention right now. <laughs> he, he has chosen us and he's positioned us to bear the most effective fruit that we can in his name. Some of us he's positioned in medicine. Some of us he's positioned in business. Some of us, which we're going to speak a lot about this week, he's positioned in campus. Some of us are students. And for the next few years of our life, he's positioned us in one of the most fruitful mission fields on the planet. And he's positioned us there. He's positioned us in our communities. He's positioned us in in education. He's positioned us right across society so that people can hear the magnificent message about the extravagant love of our God. You've been chosen. And I've been chosen. The call of God is a wonderful thing. And I love the fact that this ministry, victory, I love this ministry. Because it understands we've all been given the call of God. We all have a ministry. Every one of us. Some of us are paid by a church. Very few of us are actually paid on a church staff. But all of us have the ministry. We all of us have the call of God upon our lives. The call of God. And some of us, we get a little overwhelmed at that. And we think, well, what is the call of God? What can I do? I, I've never had, you know, some booming voice. I've never had some prophet come and lay hands on me and say all these powerful things. I haven't even had necessarily all these scriptures leap off the Bible and arrest my attention. Maybe you haven't. But just keep reading it. The Bible says that all of us that have been made new creations have been given a ministry of reconciliation to bring people to God and bring people to each other and see his kingdom come. All of us have been given that. Every one of us. I say to people who've never had a prophecy and never had, a, had some powerful word and flash from heaven, I just say to them, okay, here's the deal. You mightn't have had this prophecy and you mightn't know what your call is, but let me ask you this question. If you could do anything for God, get rid of the excuses. If you could do anything for God right now, what would it be? The answer right there is how God has wired you up. It's how he's given you grace. It's how he's placed anointings and grace upon your life. It's how he's positioned you and wants to give you opportunity to make his name great through who you are and through what you are. I want to talk a lot more about that when we get together in the conference this week. We all have the call of God. And some of us, we shrink back on it because we, we look in the mirror and we think, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I, let's get rid of all the excuses and let's just say yes to Jesus. Let's just use what we have. Let's just give what we have. Let's just be who we are. It's amazing what God can do when people simply say yes to him. It's amazing what God can do with people who just give him what they have. 
There's a little boy sitting in a crowd with thousands of people. They're all hungry. He had just a few loaves and a few fish. It was a spark to a miracle. He just said yes. And people were helped. And people experienced the love of God. I was preaching years ago in, in one of my churches that I led years ago. And I was preaching on the fact that every one of us have been called by God. Did a series on it for four weeks. One of the last weeks of the series, this little old lady came up. She said, I've been getting mad at you. I said, why? She said, you keep telling me that I've got a ministry, that I've been called by God. She said, I sit there and think, I can't preach and I can't dance and I can't sing. She goes, I haven't had a ministry. And then she said, today it dawned on me. I realized what I can do. And I said, what can you do? Her name was Gwen. What can you do, Gwen? She said, fruitcakes. Now, we had a few in our church, if you know what I mean. Fruitcakes. I said, what do you mean, Gwen? She said, I, I bake the best fruitcakes in town. I said, okay, keep talking to me. She says, I'll get back to you. So Gwen got busy and she baked fruitcakes. And she said, all I need to know is when somebody's new to town, somebody's going through a tough time, Somebody needs some encouragement. You just ring me up and you just give me their name. And over the next few years, Gwen got busy and we'd give her names of people that just needed some help. They were sick. They were feeling unloved. They were needing some help. Little lady would go and knock on the door. They'd open and say, hello, I'm Gwen. And I just want you to have this in Jesus' name. You'll find it's one of the nicest fruitcakes you'll ever eat. And I just want you to know that somebody loves you. Somebody's going to be praying for you. And I want you to know that we care about you in Jesus' name. Now, you know something? Yeah. Yeah. So you can bake fruitcakes and simply open the door for the gospel. I left that church over 25 years ago. I was just a young man when I was pastoring that. And I can tell you, there's probably not too many people that can tell you about too many sermons I preached, but I guarantee they remember the day a little gray-haired lady went and knocked on the door and said, would you like a fruitcake? I want you to know that God loves you. There's all sorts of ways of getting this amazing message out, but we all have a responsibility to do it in the way that God has made us. Amen? When we step out in those areas, His grace comes upon us. Verse 15, he says, I want to remind you there's a grace of God upon me. How many know that God's grace is amazing? God's grace is an enabling power that comes upon us when we particularly feel inadequate, when we feel weak. Paul himself, the great apostle, he went through times when he just didn't feel like his, his speech was, was good enough, his, his preaching was eloquent enough. He says, I'm so grateful that even in the hard times, even when I feel inferior, even when I've got all these problems going on, I'm so grateful. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, you read about it in the ninth verse, he says, I'm so grateful that his grace is sufficient for me. His grace is sufficient and it enables me, it strengthens me. Amen? It strengthens me to get the message out. So I've been chosen. Here's the second thing he says. I love this. He says, I've got a message. You have a message. The message that you and I have is the most 
radical, the most powerful thing that any human ear can ever hear. And I've got a message and you've got a message. The most powerful message of all is caught in John 3.16. For God so loved the world. What an extravagant love is that, that he would give his very best. He would give his all for you and I. I've got a message, he says. You often hear, particularly um, in ministries that lean towards, you know, a real emphasis on social justice, which I'm into. I believe strongly in helping the poor. I want you to know that. We do a lot in those areas. But you often hear St. Francis of Assisi quoted, go into all the world and preach the gospel and use words if necessary. In other words, just be kind. Just do kind things. I, I agree with that. But I've looked at it and said, use words if necessary? I'm standing here on this stage today to tell you words are necessary. Words are necessary. Because you know what? We can be kind and we can clothe and we can feed people. But the Bible tells me in Romans 10, unless somebody tells them this extravagant, life-changing message of God's love and power, they're still going to hell with clothes on their back and food on their belly. Come on. Yes, we have to use words. We've got a message that people need to hear in Jesus' name. The message is simply, it's amazing grace. It's amazing grace. I once was lost, now I'm found. And I want you to meet my Jesus. He, he says some things about, about this in verse 16. He talks about the duty of proclaiming the gospel. Proclaiming the gospel. The gospel, that word gospel, you know, we've got a lot of words in the Bible. The word gospel simply means good news. The world is filled with Bad news. But here today we are celebrating a message that is filled with good news. Good news. And you know, Paul, he's simply celebrating what he has to do and something that you and I have to do. We just got to proclaim it. We've just got to declare it. You don't even have to explain it and you certainly don't have to complicate it. It's only good news if people understand it. It's only good news if people don't understand. I meet people and, you know, they try to tell me about the things of God and they use these words that are so long and they use these theories that are so deep. Friends, I just want to know the wonder of the love of God, the power of the love of God in a way that I can understand it. It's good news. It's good news. There's a great story in John chapter 1. I spent a lot of time earlier this year looking at the power of an invitation. There's a great story. It's towards the end of John chapter 1, and Jesus finds a man called Philip. Philip hears Jesus say simply two words. Here's what it was. This was Jesus' message. Ready? Follow me. Boom. Done. Philip follows Jesus. He knows that amazing grace. He said, I once was lost. I've now been found. He was found by Jesus. So Philip, now he's found. You know what he did? He went out and found somebody else. He went and found Nathaniel. And he says, Nathaniel, hey, you want to hear some good news? I've met this Jesus of Nazareth. He's everything. 
that we've ever looked for. He is the Messiah. Nathaniel said, hey, hang on a minute. How can he be the Messiah? Because Nazareth, Nazareth never even mentioned in the Old Testament. See, now this is why a lot of us don't proclaim the gospel. We get worried about the hard questions that are going to come after it. Oh, Nazareth, Nazareth, it can't be from Nazareth. There's no Messiah. It's not even mentioned in the Old Testament. A lot of us back off talking about Jesus. We get worried. People are going to start asking questions about creation or end times. They're going to start talking to you about all these issues of morality and the big words in the Bible. Let me encourage you just from the lifestyle and the example of Philip. You know what Philip said? Listen. I don't have a clue about all those things. All I want you to do is follow me and meet Jesus. And when you meet Jesus, it'll all make sense. You meet Jesus. You just meet Jesus. I I don't know. There's so many things I don't know. But I do know that when you meet him, you'll never be the same again. Just That's the good news. Just come and meet my Jesus. Some of the greatest soul winners in my church are the Filipino group. There's hundreds of them. I got a friend, one of, my, one of my team leaders, Benji. He's amazing. We were out having dinner for their 20th wedding anniversary a little while ago. And Benji went missing. He was in the restaurant, went missing. I said to him, Where have you been? He said, I'm talking to some people. I said, Oh, okay. I, I said, uh, Do you know them? No. Oh, are they Christians? Not yet. Oh, do they come to our church? They will tomorrow. I said, Yes, that's it. That's it. Just, I said, well, what did you talk about? He said, I just talked about them coming and meeting and being accepted and just come. It's that simple, people. Why do we try to complicate this? It's, it's good news. Say good news. And it's simple. Say simple. It's simple. Let's not overcomplicate it. Let me show you how not to complicate it. I, he, Come with me a little further. In verse 18, Paul talks about, he says, I'm not going to speak about anything except what Christ, what Christ has done in me, what he's accomplished through me. Here's here's the thing about your, your testimony. The world is filled with stories. Joseph and I have been talking about people, even these last couple of days on social media have been coming after me with their arguments and their, their theories and their positions on this and that. Listen, listen. The world is filled with theories. And you can get bogged down if you start arguing about theories. But can I tell you something that's far more powerful than any theory? Your story. Your story. Your story is more powerful than any theory because it's your story. You know it. Remember in the, in, in the book of John, a little further, chapter 9, there's, there's an amazing story of a man who was blind. Jesus heals him. Now the Pharisees and the teachers of the law get upset. They didn't like Jesus. They had an amazing capacity to complicate everything. They took 10 laws and turned them into over 630. And they, they did all this stuff. And you know what? There was no life in their law. There was no life change in their theories. So they went to this blind man. Here's here's what I'm trying to say to you. They said, blind man, come on. 
Let's get into all this discussion about who sinned and how you happen to end up like this. And, and let's talk about Jesus and why he's doing this and who he thinks he is. This is what the blind man said. Ready? This is your story. The blind man said, listen, all I know is this morning I woke up blind. I met a man called Jesus. He put mud in my eye. And now I can see. I once was lost. But now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. And the only thing that changed was I met Jesus. And people can say to you at school, and they can say to you at work, and they can say to you at college, oh, I've got these theories about God, and I've got these theories about Jesus. Hey, listen, you, are, you know what, you and your theories, I, I respect that. But let me tell you, you know what you have to respect? I was once a broken person. I was once a lost person. I was bound in shame and regret. But then I met Jesus and now it's all changed. That's the key. It's my story. I meet people today and they talk about what people need, this and that. See, here's my story. I'm a preacher's son. But being a preacher's son in religion didn't get me to where I am. I had to personally meet him. My father is 88 years old, next birthday. He's still a preacher. I heard him preach just last week. Preached the wallpaper off. He's awesome. He was a 25-year-old man. He was the drunk of his town. Small town. In, in rural Australia. On a Saturday night, he's standing out there, absolutely drunk. He hears a man preaching on the back of a truck, whom the sun sets free, is free indeed. My dad's not wearing shoes, he's not even wearing a shirt, he's living under a bridge. The man said, if you want that freedom, just step forward and I'll pray for you. Can I tell you, my father... And everything before him in our entire family history has been destroyed through alcoholism. My father's own brother, who's only a year older than him, is buried in some grave for the poor somewhere out in the Australian bush. All destroyed by alcohol. All destroyed by heartache and grief and all the complications of a dysfunctional family. But one night, a drunk man... Here's a simple message. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Do you want to get free of this? My dad said, yes. He walked through. People are laughing at him. His friends didn't think it would last. He knelt down drunk. And he stood up sober. Three months later, he went to Bible college. He didn't know the difference between where the Genesis and the maps were in the Bible. (laughs) And he's been a preacher now for 63 years. That's our story. And our whole family line, right there, that line, that's the line. Up until there, heartache, sadness, brokenness. From that moment on, my dad married my mom. Life's been good. Their kids, their grandkids, and now their great-grandkids, all in the house of God, all flourishing in life, friends, all because of a decision. And that's our story. And you can complicate it all your life, and you can tell me the gospel doesn't work, but I say, oh, it doesn't? Exhibit A. Yes, it does, in Jesus' name. And some of you are here today, 
And you've had people bring you and you've been looking for life and you've been searching for answers. Friends, don't complicate it. Just say, Y-E-S, yes, God. I don't know everything about it, but I do know that I need you in my life, Jesus. And in a few moments, one of us is going to give you an opportunity to say that. And it's the very thing you've been looking for. That great old preacher, Billy Graham, said every human heart has a God-shaped hole and no one but nothing and nothing but Jesus can fill it. That's what you're looking for, friend. And even as I'm talking, your heart is beating and saying, this is what I'm looking for. Simple thing, but it's powerful. And that's the third message we've got here this, this morning. The third thing he says is that message is powerful. It changes lives. I love what he says. It sanctifies the Gentiles by the Holy Spirit. That's a whole message in itself. That word sanctifies means the ongoing progressive work of God that changes us bit by bit to be more like Jesus through the power of his word and the Holy Spirit. Sanctifies. You see, here's the the thing. I want you to hear this. We are instantly saved, but we are progressively transformed. That's why I love the fact that the Victory Church so celebrates discipleship. It's an ongoing process. I'm going to heaven from the moment I say yes. And you know what? The more I walk closer to him, the more I become like him. Mum walked into a room one day and saw a little girl drawing. She said, what are you doing, sweetheart? She said, I'm drawing God. She said, we don't know what God looks like. She said, you will when I'm finished. I don't know fully what I'm meant to be like, but the more I am sanctified, the more I grow in what he wants me to be, and more and more I should be becoming like Jesus. And that happens through the work of the message. This works through the work of the word of God in our life. One of the ministries we've got in our church at Hope Center is a ministry where we take mature age men who've got addictions, particularly drug and alcohol, and we take a story, a photo, sorry, of them on their first day when they come in. And then a year later, and then another year later, and you should see the photo, the difference. It's unbelievable. As they say yes to Jesus and they walk in the wonder of the word of God and the grace of God, the change. You see, right now you're sitting beside a construction site. We are all under construction. All of us slowly but surely being transformed to be more like Jesus. And Paul said, that's what I love about this. It sanctifies Gentiles. Those of us that were right outside of God's holy family were changed by it. And then he says, I love this. He says, signs and wonders follow. Hmm. Signs and wonders. That's what Jesus said, isn't it? Matthew 16, last few verses of that. He says, signs and wonders follow the preaching of the word you see when we speak the word of god it's a trigger for the powerful work of the kingdom in people's lives i still believe god heals people today in the 21st century so you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover i believe in it but i believe there's something powerful that creates an environment it awakens faith for people to believe and receive the miracle that god wants to do for them I have a young man today, right now, back in one of the campuses in our ministry. His name is Andrew. He was part of the youth ministry that we had in our nation called Youth Alive. 
And we used to do all sorts of things. We'd do big camps and we'd take young people away and we'd teach them all sorts of outdoor adventure activities. This young man was my camp coordinator. We're about to do a big rally for thousands and thousands of young people. Two hours before the big concert was to start, I get a phone call. I said, Andrew's just had an accident. I said, what do you mean he's had an accident? So he's come off his motorbike and he's hit a tree head first. He's broken his neck. I said, how is he? They said, we don't think he'll live. You need to get to a hospital straight away. He's been taken by a helicopter. A race to the hospital. And I got there. My heart was beating. I was praying through the help of the Holy Spirit. I still remember after about an hour or two, we were allowed to go in. Just this young man's father and I. And I knelt down beside him. I said, Andrew, I don't know how to pray right now. I don't know much what to say, but this is what the Lord's put in my heart. You see, we've got to speak his word. Amen? I said, here's what God put in my heart to speak over you. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, he will quicken, he will awaken your mortal body. So, Andrew, this is what I'm going to do. I'm simply going to declare that over you. He's lying there totally numb. He's broken his neck. They said he'd be a quadriplegic. He'd have all these problems for the rest of his life, and he'd be in hospital for six months. I said, so what we're going to do is going to lay hands on you. That's what the Bible said. He's unconscious. Let me tell you, people who are unconscious, they still an ability to receive things in their spirit. So I began to pray. I said, Lord, we simply claim what your word says. They shall lay hands on the sick, and if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in him, it's going to make him come alive. I said, so we declare that over him in Jesus' name. This young man, this is all that happened. He's lying completely stiff. Just one arm went like that. That's it. Over the coming days... Things began to happen slowly but surely. One toe would start to move, and then his arms would begin to move. That young man was not in hospital for six months. They told him, never marry. You'll never be able to get married. You'll never have children. You're going to have all sorts of problems. Let me tell you something. He wasn't in hospital for six months. He walked out on his own two feet seven weeks later. I've done his wedding. I've dedicated both his children. He's now one of the great preachers in our nation. Friends, I believe that we serve a miracle-working God. And something happens when we're simply prepared to speak his word. So let's wrap this up. I've been chosen. I've got a message. And this message is powerful. Paul says, you know, he says at the start of it, he said, you're full of goodness and you're full of abilities to speak to each other. And that's a wonderful thing. But I hear what Paul's saying. Don't just take all these good things that we've got and just talk amongst yourselves. We serve a God who says, lift your eyes up, look to the harvest. Don't look in, don't speak in, speak out, speak out. And he says, look at the last verse. The verse we were reading just before, verse 21. It's written, those who have never been told of him will see him. And those that have never heard. Mm. As part of the nation of Australia, we've got a, a group of islands right at the very top called the Torres Strait Islands. Beautiful, beautiful people, islander people, dark skin and fuzzy hair. They're beautiful. I love them. I was in the Torres Strait last year on the 1st of July. They have a festival called the Coming of the Light. It's called the Coming of the Light because on the 1st of July in 1871, a ship carrying missionaries from the London Missionary Society thought they were in Papua New Guinea. They landed off course. English. 
can't get the directions right. <laughs> and they landed on Darnley Island. They got off and began to preach this simple gospel. An entire island in a day said yes to Jesus. And then another island, and then another island, and right through the Torres Strait, all those islands, dozens of them, a move of God happened. And even now today, some hundred and whatever years later, they still stop and remember the coming of the light. It's a public holiday. And all across that region, people stop and remember, we once were lost, but now we're found. We were once in darkness. And now there's still, 150 years later almost, there is still a move of God. Friends, let me tell you, of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that Jesus quoting in Luke chapter 4, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And of all the things that God's anointed and empowered me to do, number one thing is to preach the gospel, is to get the message out. Why does he want us to get the message out? Because we are his hands, we are his feet, and we are his voice to tell a lost and dying world about a living and loving Savior. Friends, that's our job. Oh, I love Sundays. I love praise and worship. I love everything we have here. But let me tell you something. This is just the place where we get encouraged and we get empowered so that when we leave, we get on with the job that we've been given in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, join me, musicians, if you would, please. I'm going to your other site in just a few moments. It has been an incredible privilege for me to be here. But before I go, I simply want to pray for you. I want to pray for people that today said, you know what, God? I I, I look at the preachers and I look at the singers and I see these great leaders. and, And there are times that I just feel like, who am I? Who am I? That little boy with that lunch that day on the mountainside when Jesus is needing to feed tens of thousands of people, he could have said, oh, who am I? But he simply came and he offered what he had. When I read the stories of some of the people in here, men and women, they were very ordinary. They probably had their insecurities. They probably felt inferior. But they simply said yes and God used them. And today I want to pray for you. I I, I know what it's like to be insecure. I know what it's like to feel shy. That's why I'm grateful for the Holy Spirit who empowers us to get the message out. Could every head bow across this room? Pastor Sonny's going to come in just a minute and he'll choose how he wants to finish this, this message and this service. But I wonder if people here today just say, Lord, I've got a responsibility. I know I've been chosen. I, I sometimes think I haven't because I'm an accountant or I'm, I'm an engineer. I, I'm a housewife. I'm a student. I'm reminded again, God, that I've been chosen. And I want you to know, Lord, you have me. I'm totally devoted. I'm committed to getting this message out, using opportunities. Tell people how much you love them. So what I want you to do is something very simply. You're saying, God, that's me. I want to give you what I have. I want to do what I can to speak 
the good news. Just open both your hands before God. Just open and say, God, here, here's my life. It's an offering. Just, 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 God, I'm offering you my life. I'm just, here I am, God. Use me. Here I am, God. Father, take our lives. Take all our inadequacies and all our insecurities. Help us get the message out. Help us get the message out. In Jesus' name. For those of us in this room, Lord, that right now just sense we've got a desire, but we feel like we, we just need your strength. I pray for the fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. I pray for the fresh touch of heaven to be upon us, Lord. Your word says that after you've filled us with the Holy Ghost, we would be messengers for you from from far and wide, from near and far. Lord, so touch us. Again, use us again to get your message out. In Jesus' name. While heads are bowed, that's what people are praying. I'm aware that there are people in this room right now. You, You are here because people are praying for you. You're here because someone invited you. You're here for a a range of reasons, but let me tell you why you're here, ultimately. You are here because God loves you. You're here because God has drawn you. And you have come to a point in your life that says, do you know what? I need to just say yes, God. I don't know everything about you, God, but I do know that I need you. And regardless of all the things of my past, We were being reminded just a few moments ago by the team up here. It's not about my past. It's about God's love. It's not about what I've done. It's about his forgiveness. And God, I I need you in my life. I need you to change my life from the inside out. I need to be forgiven. I need to know that I'm going to spend forever with you in heaven. I I I need your help. I need your strength. I need you to put my life together again. And I need that fresh start that only can come by saying yes to you and accepting the love that you have for me through Jesus. And God, I don't, I, I, there's so many things I could say and so many things I don't understand, but I do know this. It's as simple as this. I want to say yes to you for the first time in my life. I've been away. Maybe somebody in this room here today says, you know what, I, I, I once, I remember once I, I was a follower of Jesus. And I so got so far away, so far away. I was heading away from him and heading to destruction. And even being here today, I'm ready to say yes. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Sonny's going to come and show you how this church is going to help you. But you're saying, I've never done this, but I need to today. Simply say yes, God. I want to say yes and accept your love and accept your forgiveness. I want to be a follower of Jesus from this day on. Raise your hand across this room. People are doing it. Raise your hand. Just hold up. I'm going to hold. pray for those that raise their hand. Thank you. Just raise them up high. Just raise them up high. Say yes, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just raise really high. Say yes. Pray for me. I've been away and my heart's telling me to thank you. This is what I need to do. First time ever. First time I've been so far away. Just pray for me, Pastor Wayne. Tell your friend beside you. If you've just raised your hand or you wish you had, just tell them beside you and they'll they'll have the team come and talk with you. Place your hand upon your heart. I pray that you would know the love of God. I pray that you would know His forgiveness, His mercy. And I pray that his love and power would work in you. And this wouldn't just be a moment. 
than just a simple decision, but it would be the start of a lifetime knowing Him and living for Him. And I pray He would strengthen you every day as you walk with Him in His name. Everybody said, Amen. I might see some of you at the Ignite Conference. God bless you real good. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.